With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, good looking. Why is a nice boy like you listening to a podcast like this? Take this down, hot stuff. Record Rangers is part of the Daily Record Podcast Network. Subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom. Mwah! Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarland. Today I've got two guests. It's incredible. I've got Mark McDougall of the Daily Record Digital Department and I've also got Gavin Berry, the sports writer. On the pod today we're going to look at the press conference from Walking Howie today with Pedro Cushina and we're going to preview Friday's big game against St Johnston. So, Gavin, first of all, you were at the press conference today, Walking Howie. What was Pedro Cushina saying? Well, he seemed, as always in these situations, he, he, he did seem actually very relaxed considering the size of the game. This is the first of what I think well, I think we all agree is going to be a huge month for Rangers. They've got that uh, League Cup semi-final against Motherwell coming up. But to start at a really, really tough game, and we all know St Johnson, despite their uh, result and before the international break, that 3-0 defeat uh, up at Aberdeen, which... By all accounts, anybody who was there said it was very unlike St Johnson. So Tommy Wright will be looking for a reaction from his side there, and that uh, has the makings of a, a really tough trip for Rangers. They got the four-one win, obviously against Hamilton uh, before the international break. That was a big game in terms of a reaction. Everybody, all eyes were on that game to see how were they going to react after you know the whole Kenny Miller situation being dropped from the first team squad obviously the build up that week to the the, the record sports story about the meeting at Murray Park which was heated by all accounts uh, appeared to result in Kenny Miller being dropped from the Alamaki squad after uh, Pedro Cushini accused the homegrown players of not uh, rolling out the red carpet for his uh, foreign for his foreign signings. So it was it was intriguing to see how did they react against Hamilton, were they together, you know, big performance, uh, sorry, big result, 4-1, but Hamilton, you know, were easily, they didn't put up much resistance. St Johnson will be a totally different story. And I think we'll find out more about the togetherness on Friday night and let's see what they can produce, you know, in a much tougher game. Did you get the sense that Kenny Miller's really back into the fold? What, what was his reaction when he, he talked about Kenny? Well, this is the thing. His reaction was similar to after the Hamilton game, where, he, you know, he, claiming there's no issue. And, uh, you know, I, I think he would be better just coming out and being honest. He was dropped completely from the Hamilton Aki squad. He was sent to Brentford to play for the under-20s when he captained the team. Uh, sent to Coventry but actually Brentford yes, <laughs> to play Brentford so I mean there's no point in trying to pull the wool over everybody's eyes I mean he, whatever he says in the press conference fans aren't daft they know it's quite clear that something has gone on it would be better just coming out 
and being honest, rather than saying there's no issue, there's no issue, when clearly there is an issue, it'd be better coming out and saying, I've sat down with Kenny Miller, yes, there was a problem, even if he doesn't want to get into the details, you know, there, there was a problem, but, you know, we sat behind closed doors and sorted it out, and everything's now, you know, we're all on side. I think this pretends that everything's fine, as if, you know, it happens every now and again, I leave a player out of a squad, it's obvious yeah. that that's not the case. Mark, you're a man with your finger on the pulse of social media, what, what sense do you get from Rangers fans about their reaction to this whole affair? Yeah, I think we'll see an interesting reaction to Kenny Miller on Friday night, because going by social media, fans aren't happy with them, obviously you can't judge the whole Rangers fans on what social media is saying, because... There's quite a lot of fans not on social media, the older generation won't be on it. But from social media, they're firmly on Pedro Cassini's side on what happened. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny Miller might get booed again, but he's used to that from Rangers fans. Do you think, Gavin, that would be a fair reaction, given events? Kenny Miller is, it's fair to say, could be looked upon as, as a Rangers legend. You wouldn't imagine that people would allow this incident to tarnish no. his entire three spells at Ibrox. No, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think we, we would boo them. I would, I would love to know, mate. It was like, <clears throat> after the Barry Ferguson situation with Paul Gwen, which this has obviously been compared to, you know, I mean, if you remember in the first game after that, I think it was against Muddle, they went there in the festive period, didn't they? And Chris Boyd held up the six fingers and all that. So I would love, to, I would be intrigued to know just, you know, if there is this, you know, back then it was like, it was Paul Gwen and Barry Ferguson, it was one camp or the other, you know, Chris Boyd, with his actions obviously, clearly showed who he was backing at. I would, I would be intrigued to know, you know, if there are players there who are against the manager and are on Kenny Miller's side, or whether he is just alone in this, um, because that, that could be the issue that Pedro Cushini has. If, if there are players in there who agree with Kenny Miller, if Kenny Miller has spoken up, or he you know, and doesn't like the way the manager works. I would, I would love to know what the influence he has on the other players, or whether the other players are saying, "Well, no, I'm firmly in the manager's camp here." So I was asked to do a piece for the paper uh, just a couple of days after it happened. Uh, could you, you know, in the Graham Roberts situation, you know, when he fell out with Graham Souness, it got because like Kenny Miller was sent to Brentford, Graham Roberts back then was sent by Souness to train with the youth team and. Uh, um, play with the youth team or the, for, reserve, for, or the reserve team and it was Jimmy Nicholl who was the manager back then for those of us who aren't as old as you Gavin yeah. what, what actually happened between Sinus and, uh, and Graham Roberts at the end of uh, a season I think it was the second last game of the season um, Graham Sinus blamed Graham Roberts for conceding a goal against Aberdeen I think Brian Irvine scored it the only goal of the game and Graham Sinus after the game had blamed Graham Roberts Graham Roberts took exception to that uh, and said it, it, that it wasn't his fault, and he just refused to back down. Soon as you know, we all know what soon as is like. Just said, well, that was that was the end from, and he just he made him at the start of the following season. Uh, he sent him to train with the youth team. Uh, so I spoke to Jimmy Nicholl, who was the he was the reserve team manager at that time, and he had taken Graham Roberts on pre-season. Uh, and he'd also played in the Aberdeen game, so it was interesting because he'd been in the dressing room and, and he was able to say how it gone. He said he couldn't believe Graham Roberts didn't just accept the blame for it at the time, just accept the blame. He says, because we all knew it was his fault, but he was too stubborn. They were both too stubborn, but there was only one winner, it was Graham Souness. Graham Roberts was sent to train the reserve team the following season. Jimmy Nicholl was saying, he was saying to him, 
as all the players had after the incident, just you know, just go and knock on the manager's door and sit down with him and sort it out, and everything will be fine. Um, so he, that's what he said. All the players were on Sunnis' side on that occasion, um, and they were just saying to Graham Roberts, "On you go, you know, you go and sort it out." So it'd be interesting to know whether the players now think the same of Kenny Miller, you know, whether they say, well, you're on your own here, or whether he does have guys who have his backing and agree with what he says. Graham said it's not a man you want to get on his bad side. And Absolutely. Fortunately, we've got a man who did get on his bad side here in this room. <laughs> Mark, what's it like to be staring down the barrel of Graham Sunnis's the, the terror that he sort of puts into someone? You asked him a, a tough question about EBTs that he didn't like too much. How did that feel? No, he didn't like it at all, but he's not, he was all right. He, was, he stared at me and when I shook his hand at the end, he, he squeezed, squeezed it a wee bit. But no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he was all right. He You're lucky you were scary, on the pitch. But, yeah, nah, he's, he's all right. It was alright, it wasn't too bad. But on that Kenny Miller stuff, I think the players in the Hamilton game, obviously seen Candace's celebration after the goal, straight to the manager, all the rest of it. And then after the game as well, Graham Dorans was speaking to BT Sport and uh, they asked him about it. And he said, his words were, we're behind the manager, we're behind the club, which I thought was quite interesting because obviously Gashinia had had a go at him for the captain's armband stuff. So I thought that was interesting to see that he says he's right behind the manager in the Kenny Miller situation. And that's why I think a lot of fans again will maybe see that and think alright Kenny Miller's in the wrong here yeah yeah. because I mean I suppose the Candias one you would expect him right to go I mean he obviously ran it the fact that he scored and you know being obviously the Portuguese one of Cassini signs you would expect that the Graham Dorns one's interesting one because I mean as, as we're led to believe he was criticised for handing over the armband and they are also very close uh, in terms of his post-match comments, I suppose you would expect him to, you know, to, to say that. You'd expect him to say he's not probably going to come out and criticise the manager. Although, having said that, we just spoke about the example of Boyd, you know, holding up the six, the six fingers. So I, there was, I suppose, the chance that that might happen. But Graham Dorn's known to a character is, you know, probably isn't going to be willing to do that. Five months into the in the door at the club you've always wanted to join, yeah. you've you've been brought in by the manager. Yeah. Doesn't it matter how close you are to Kenny Miller? Yeah, yeah. You're not going to really side with Kenny no. over in a situation like no. that. But and privately, I mean, we don't know yeah. what he thinks. Yeah. privately, you know, he'd be the one you would want to know. You know, what was he thinking privately? Yeah, that's just like it was the way he said about how he was behind the manager. That was most yeah. interesting because also you could. Go into that and you say we're, we're right behind the club. We don't want to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. I suppose. Yeah, there, there could be other ways you could have answered it. Yeah. Was Kashina talking about what he's been working on for the last week? I know. Th- I think to the broadcast guys, he was talking about um, getting getting the defence sorted out and spending some time looking at the defensive phase. Um, did he Did he talk about that? No, but he did touch on. The, he touched, of course, on the. He, he had this friendly. Well. Stephen McLean, I was going to say, his comments are interesting this morning because they did, of course, have that game against Morton, didn't they? Where, um, yeah. Stephen McLean has taken exception to Cassini's comments where he compared them to St Johnson ahead of that game on Friday. I think, in Cassini's defence, I think he probably meant more than style. They play 4 4 2. Of course, they like to play long ball, uh, but it's obviously touched on the average the St Johnson camp. And Stephen McLean. You know, you would say probably overreacting a bit, didn't they? By saying they took it as almost some disrespecting them, saying that they're at the same level as us, a championship side. Why, why do people in Scotland, coaches, players, take such exception when people point out that you're a direct side? 
when it's true. I mean, St Johnson are the most direct side in the league, and all credit to them, they're fantastic at playing that style. Maybe that Tommy Wright has used it as well as a way to fire up his players. He might not believe that Cachinho's having a goal, but it's one of those things. Take it, pin it in the dressing room wall, fire the players up. Obviously, you're looking for a reaction from the defeat a couple of weeks ago, so get the players even more fired up and get them out there on Friday night, giving their hope. It's just a pity they actually had that. All they had was that Morton game to prepare because I think going away to Canada, I think the, the fact that that trip to Canada um, was cancelled was a big blow uh, because it would have been great at that time to go away and try and build a bit of camaraderie, not at that time. But the biggest blow of all is that I was actually meant to be going. I get the call on Saturday night, <laughs> I get a call on the Saturday night with only having been finalised on the Friday. I get a call on the Saturday night to say, uh, that you're not going, so I had to come in the office when I had actually even dug out the speedos, by the way, that's not a pretty sight, was a, a quick Google search told us there was a heat wave in Toronto, so I dug out the speedos, not a pretty sight, but I had to be, uh, they had to be put away, no, but seriously, I think that would have been good for team bonding, you know, what was it, Richard Goff used to say, the team that drinks together, wins together and all that, I think at that time, it would have been perfect for them just to go away, get a bit of sun in their back, and get a few nights out even, instead they end up in... Capo, Greener, was that where was the game or was it up at Murray Park? I think it was, was at Murray Park. Was it yeah. Murray Park? Well, Nacho Nova was obviously there today, and um, we've had the pictures coming around at the Daily Record Towers. Um, Mark, do you think Nacho will be someone that, like Peter Lovencrans, like the other players that have been brought in behind the scenes to help instill a Rangers mentality and into the club through uh, the many levels that there are? Do you think Nacho would be someone that, that could come in at some point or at some level and help out? I think it's a weird one, really, because obviously he applied for the, the Jonathan Hatz's job in the summer and I don't think he was even interviewed for it. I don't think he was one of the ones interviewed in it. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a weird one that he's been brought in. Now, obviously, he's been around training a few times and uh, obviously, being Spanish speaking, he'll be able to speak to the likes of Carlos Pena and Eduardo Herrera a bit better. But, yeah, I don't really know what he would add to it that Jonathan Hatson isn't already doing or that anyone else is already doing. You mentioned Peña and Herrera. Um, I had a Mexican journalist on to me last week asking me about how they were getting on. I think Mex- Mexican people are starting to take interest in the fact they haven't played an awful lot. Mm-hmm. What, what what have you made so far, guys? Yeah. Uh, start with you, Gavin, of well, the two the, players. The, for, for the money spent on them, not a lot, to be honest. I actually spoke to Efran Juarez the other week there for the paper. The Celtic player who... I mean, as you, again, as you'd expect, and a bit like Pedro's saying, and, you know, p- people who want them to succeed are saying, well, you know, you, you need to give these guys time. You know, it's a new country, a new culture. Um, actually, he was the opposite. I don't know if you remember, but he hit the ground running in Celtic, and everybody thought he was going to be a superstar. Um, and he went the other way and then dipped. But anyway, he, he did talk them both up and said they will undoubtedly be a success if you give them if you give them time, but I can't honestly say that we've seen any evidence so far to suggest that A, they'll be a success and certainly be not worth the money that's been spent on them. Yeah, Mark. I would go with that as well. I think Pena has shown more than Herrera, even though I think Pena's got a lot more criticism and deservedly as well because he just doesn't look up to it, up to speed. But I think there's times where he shows that he's got a lot of talent. Some of his, as well, I think I said this before in the podcast, but there's times where his first touch, his control is really good and he's quite good to watch and then there's other times you take a first touch and it'll end up at the right back. It's really strange, it's just, I don't really know what it is with him but uh, especially in that Hamilton game I thought he was absolutely awful that night. I think uh, Herrera on the other hand, I just don't see anything with him at all. It's like 
He's supposed to be a big target man, but he doesn't seem to be able to jump. Like, it doesn't seem to be able to win headers, and especially Herrera, I don't think I think he'll be gone as soon as. You just feel Rangers every time it's one step forward, you know, and then it's too bad. You just can't get any sort of rhythm. You just can't get any, any sort of run, you know. Um, well, I think we know it's not. Well, amazingly, he's never lost a Pendrick has never lost an away game in the league. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think, really seen that. Yeah, when you compare that to his Ibrox record as well, it's Quite really. Yeah. So it's not, they've not played at Parkhead and their Pendrick No, they played at Petodrio, obviously. Get that, yeah. That's that one game yeah. that everybody points yeah. to, but yeah, they haven't played at Parkhead. But um, quite incredible. G- guys, how difficult would it be? to move from Mexico to Scotland. I mean, the cultures are completely diametrically opposed in terms of the, the food, the weather, um, in terms of football environment, the pitches are different. I think Kashina's talked about that. Do, are we a little bit unfair at times on players in terms of not taking into account the kind of factors that, that, that can make or break a move to another country? Or do you think genuinely there's been enough time for that kind of adaptation to the environment that they face here in Scotland. I think when you pay nearly three million pounds for a player, then you expect them to hit the ground running. So obviously it is hard to come, you're flying half the world, over, flying across the other end of the world, you're completely different culture, you've got the different weather and all the rest of it, but that doesn't excuse the fact that Carlos Peña doesn't look fit. Um, but he is fit now. Is he? I mean, I look th- at that Celtic game, he struggled big time in that, and then Hamilton, he looked... Didn't look fit there. To me, I think he. I know Pedro Cassini says he's the third fittest player at the club or whatever. I think he looks pretty slim now. I think he's he's very muscular in his upper body. I I think if he's not playing well, it's not down to fitness. Surely nowadays, with the kind of technological advances we have around fitness and sports science, there's no way he can be unfit. I think I think you know. In terms of the settling in in a new country, I mean, it it would be difficult anyway. I think I think the other day. It's the time that they're coming to the club. I mean, they're coming at a period when, you know, there was there's pressure already on, you know, the manager who's brought them there. He's making nine, you know, ten signings in the summer about a complete overhaul of the squad. So I think I think when you put all those factors together, that's what makes it different. I mean, you think of the kind of top quality players, you know, that have come to the old firm over the years, uh, and you know, and they've, and they've struggled, you know. Twelve million pound on Tori Andre floor failure. Even you think of Jeanino, you know, member of a Brazilian World Cup winning squad, never really did it at Celtic, you know. So I mean, obviously it is difficult. But if you if 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 you were a real top top notch player, top quality, you would think you would it would be easier to make an impact. You would see an impact. What does he do with these two guys? Do you see McDermott Park as a good environment for Carlos Peña and Eduardo Herrera? Do you think they'll get a, a chance on Friday? I definitely don't think it's a good environment for Peña anyway. Like Herrera maybe more so if Rangers need to go with long ball and stuff, but I just don't think Peña fits into that team that needs to go away. It's tighter grounds, not enough, not as much space to run in. Uh, I think that calls for somebody... I don't even know who you'd stick in there, because also Kenny Miller might not be fit. He's talking today in the... Uh, Broadcast that Miller picked up a wee knock, which might be true, might not be true. Uh, so I don't know who he would play in that number ten role, but I just don't think that Pena suits an away away ground at all in Scotland. No, Jack suits his Pena, doesn't he? Holt yeah. come on and did okay, didn't he? Hamilton, yeah. so he looks like he'll be a certain starter. 
what was there any news on um, Nico Cranshaw? There's talk that he's back in back in training, or certainly back in training this week. No, he wasn't. Was he mentioned in the broadcast? I don't think he was mentioned in the broadcast, but I seen earlier in the week that he was back in training. So yeah. I'll be interested. I don't think the way grounds are suited for him either. I think he's suited yeah. to Ibrox as well, which is a wee bit of a worry that we've got so many players in a similar position that Pedro actually made a comment in the broadcast about about fitness and, and we've talked a lot on this podcast about Rangers fitness and there is talk that some of the players don't feel like they're fit enough mm-hmm. um, Pedro said today in the broadcast presser he said you know there's a lot of talk in Scotland about fitness and fitness and fitness and fitness but if you're concentrating all that time on fitness you're not doing other things like looking at your training methodology you're not looking at your tactics you're not looking at your x y and z he listed off six or seven things that we don't do in Scotland as much as in terms of the concentration on fitness, and he seemed to be saying we're a bit obsessed with this idea of fitness uh, to the detriment of other issues. Do you buy that? If you're not fit, you can't do any of that other stuff. Like, it was, I think Cranchard's last game was against Dundee, was it? And then uh, you seen after 10 15 minutes, he was completely done in, but in those 10 15 minutes, he looked quite good. Some nice touches, couldn't good passes. Uh, so, I think if you're not fit, then you can't play football it's simple as that you just have to look at the pattern of old firm games don't you in the last couple of seasons where you can see that even when Rangers have like I think the home A game you know Rangers did match Celtic for that they got the goal in front and then I think it was the belly that equalised and you, you could just see Celtic you know pulling away and um, again in that recent one as well you could just see it when Celtic sort of stepped up a bit that, that, that's to do with fitness yeah, and obviously Brendan Rodgers is every bit this sort of modern forward-thinking yeah. manager that Pedro Cascina is. So yeah. it's not, an, it's it's not really about that. Sometimes I wonder if it's more psychological in terms of the players. They f- because if the training's different, they might feel that they're not as fit. But yeah. again, it's it's all data-driven yeah. now. So yeah. they've got these these monitors that are strapped to them. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, when Pedro Cascina first came in, you know, he, he was he, he made the point of being saying that he was this sort of hard taskmaster and you know the players wouldn't get so many you know they would only be getting you know less days off and he was going to cut their summer break and it was as if he was going to really kind of flog them but and it, but Mike, as Michael Allen who was the first to say um, to, when he we spoke to him at St Johnson when he got the player of the month award uh, and he had his wee go at Pedro Cachina that was one of the things he spoke about was the fitness just saying that I mean it, it wasn't demanding now, some people might say he's going to have a go at the manager, but I think he was being honest when he said that. He said it wasn't demanding. He ended up training on his own afterwards, didn't it, to try and keep up to speed. So, Obviously, it's third v fourth on Friday. I mean, what can we expect from St John's? We talked about them being direct, Steve McLean taking umbrage at that. Mark, from what you've seen, where do you think that they'll cause Rangers problems? I, just the same as usual from St Johnston that we've seen over the last couple of seasons. It's going to be the... Same style, they'll play with two up front and Stephen McLean and I think it's been Graham Cummings mostly this season. But will cause problems. Like Stephen McLean we've spoke about Fabio Cardoso before where he maybe struggles in the air and stuff. And if Bruno Alves is only arriving back in Glasgow today, isn't he? And so he's only training one day. If he's fifty fifty, isn't he? Yeah, and if he's not available then obviously it'll be Ross McCrory again. And uh, Stephen McLean and we'll have a field day with the two of them. Like Ross McCrory is a huge talent, so Cardoso does look like a talent as well, but I think if that is where St Johnston will get the most uh, will do the best, they'll they'll get the ball to McLean, 
who will cause problems for the Rangers defence. They don't like being labelled as sort of street pies team, do they? But, you know, they do take but why? I think it just. I think Tommy Wright just feels that they're more than just that, and it's that it's just almost like a lazy assessment to say, "Oh, look at St. Johnson, or they're streetwise, and they're, you know they'll grind it out, they'll dig it out." I think he just thinks it's people that maybe that they've just got this tag, and people don't really watch them, and you know they they can there's so much more than than just that. You know, I think that's what it is. But but it's the type of game that he, he just Tommy Wright he just relishes this type of game and especially I mean after that defeat at Pataudry I mean he will have been stewing on that during that international but he have been hammering his players uh, and you know you just know that they will not I mean even if they don't get a result you just know that, it, that they'll be giving an absolute everything I think that's fair from the point of view that Tommy Wright's got of they've got some talented player D- David Wallerspoon's a good player skillful player um, Liam Craig we're now doing these uh, stats bombs video on the Daily Record websites where we look at the statistics and Liam Craig has got the most passes that lead to goal scoring chances in the whole league so they have got players that can penetrate and cause difficulties but obviously they're a team that also they're like you say they're streetwise and they're, they're, they're always going to look to break down the most obvious flaw in a team so I would fully expect them to go after as you say Cardoso and McCrory I think are going to be Shelled. Do you think though it's the, the St Johnston are really annoyed at getting labelled that, or is it some of the Tommy Wright just sees it as a way to fire his players up? So like also we spoke already that you might use those the words from Pedro Cassini earlier in the week to fire the players up, but it's a way like maybe it's just good management. He goes into the dressing room and says, "Show them that you're not this team." Yeah, and I think that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Guys, do you, do you see Tommy Wright as a guy that's going to move to a bigger club at some stage? I think he deserves a chance but I think now at his age and his experience that maybe he won't get a move down south will he get an Aberdeen a Hearts a Rangers I don't know if, if any of them would go in for him I have to say that I'm amazed I, must, is, yeah. I just think it's a mystery um, and I do think it's a lot to do with, with his own image yeah. and the image you know of the team because if you look at you know, Owen Coyle Derek McInnes even Steve Lomas, who he was assistant to, all three, I mean, he's, he managed to do a better job than all three of them, and, and they all got moves to England on the back of what they did at St Johnson. None of them did as much as him. I just, I just can't follow out how a ch- why a championship chairman, an English championship chairman, wouldn't have looked to him. The other thing is, I mean, you look at his career. Obviously, he played for so many clubs. I mean, so he's well known, you know, Forest and. Um, he played for Newcastle, Man City, you know, other teams down south. I'm just amazed that. Um, and you think it'd be perfect I, for a championship club? Yeah, I think what probably happen is that Michael O'Neill eventually will leave Northern Ireland and he'll just step into it. That's his big pal, so. Um, he's, I think, he's shown he can do what he can on a budget as well. They, yeah. They must have one of the lowest budgets in the league and are consistently top four. Yeah. I mean, it'd be a shame because I, I think he, he would deserve a crack at England first, you know, a championship club and have a couple of years there. Even look at Sunder Alan Stubbs, who got moved to the championship, you know, in, in the back of it. But I think, again, it's about, I don't know if he's one of these guys who really puts himself out there so much. You know, I think he's just, he just gets on with it quietly, goes about his business. You know, Steve Lomas obviously talked a lot. Derek McInnes was this kind of young, trendy manager at the time, wasn't he? Kind of had a long finished playing, smart, you know, again, the image. Um, so m- maybe it's a bit to do with that. 
You don't see him as a future Rangers manager because he has been quoted. I, I think that he would be a good choice if Pedro Cassino was to leave any time soon, but I don't think the fans would be too happy with it right now. And I'm not I think sure they, they, they would be sure absolutely apoplectic sure for it. Yeah. I'll tell you, I, I think that there's better candidates who have got better experience at bigger clubs with a similar MO in terms of the they're very organised, they're very good with working within a budget, someone like Derek McInnes, for yeah, example. Yeah, you just think McInnes would be the man, don't you? You, just, you almost just think it's going to happen. It's, well, been, it's been talked about so often, I think, that if the pedal machine, if it doesn't work out, I just think the Rangers board would have to... They will, inevitably they will just go to him I think because your mortgage is getting put on it is it? I think so because I think it's just one of those where with every passing with every defeat or uh, you know every fan that um, turns against Pedro Cachina they just say you know why did he not why did they not go to Derek McInnes in the first place I don't think the Rangers board could get away with not going there again we've talked a lot about, about social media bubble and it's interesting you say that every fan that turns against Pedro Cachina because on social media it's fair to say I think the Rangers fans are almost to a man behind the manager in a way that I've not really seen with other managers to, yeah. to the extent that they are. There seems to be a real sense of goodwill for Pedro yeah, Cachina. But, but that's not because they think he's the right man yeah. for the job or they think he's a good manager. That is just because the natural reaction when they see one of their own you know, getting criticism and again, I think it's almost out of sympathy. It's like, you know, look, this guy's getting a, you know, he's getting a really hard time here. We need to rally around him. But, I mean, that will only last for so long if they don't like what they're seeing. The bottom line is, it'll be judged on whether he's a good manager or not. And that will be the same for Rangers fans. They will make their decision based on what they see in the park. Yeah, if Rangers get beat on Friday night, you'll see a far different reaction on social yeah. media yeah. To, about Pedro Cacinha than you will today. He's consistently two games away from a crisis, yeah. his results. Yeah, that's it. I think that's the problem. He's not had a run of games where he's won yeah. consistently, so it's always going to be like that. He's had one or two wins here. I don't think he's won three games in a row. No, he's not. So and it's th- natural that he's not yeah. going to have have that time built up. Like Derek McInnes, if he has a run of two or three bad games, he's done well for so long at Aberdeen that the fans aren't going to get on his back, whereas Pedro Cacino will get it. And I think they see a guy they like. They see a nice guy. They want him to succeed, but I mean, no, that's natural. I mean, they would want. They always, obviously, want the guy that's in charge to succeed. But I think it's a bit like Ronnie Dyer. You know, when he was at Celtic, and you know, some Celtic fans, you know, it was almost like you know they liked him. They liked you know they were saying you know they want him to do well, but they probably knew in their heart of hearts it's not he's not, he's not right for the job. You're in a privileged position, Gavin, because you've you've met him, you've mm-hmm. been around him, you've been at pressers with him. So take us. Behind the veil, what is, are your experience of him and what is he like as a guy? He's a nice guy, nice guy. Similar to me, he comes across. Good sense of humour. I think he comes across that way in front of the camera, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Good, good sense of humour. Seems, you know, very dedicated to the job, very knowledgeable at football, you know, is doing all he can to succeed. But the question is, is he up to the job? That's the thing. That doesn't necessarily make him, you know, the right fit. To the, be Rangers manager. There's some football man, men that you meet that you just can tell they've got an edge. Like a Walter Smith, a Graham Souness. Do, do you get that sense from Pedro that he's got that... No, he'll draw a line? Because uh, he's talked about being a tough... I'm yeah, a tough that, guy. That's the thing. No, to be honest, I haven't... You know, I'm not sure if that would... I don't know, would that necessarily come across? Maybe it would in a press conference. Yeah, no, I don't, to be honest. 
necessarily detect that. I don't. I don't he, he talked so much about about being the strong disciplinarian. That's not really something that I, I get a sense of. But he, he may well be different when the camera isn't rolling and the tape recorders are off. He, you know, he, he might be a different guy. Um, but you're right. What you say, you know, with Walter Smith, you know, you could tell. You know, if you went into a press conference, you know, there is that kind of. Did you ever get the Walter stare? What'd you do? Yes, I probably did. I can't remember when or what the circumstances were, but yeah, I, pr- I probably did. <laughs> I think that's uh, taking the fifth on that one, Gavin. <laughs> um, right, moving on to Scotland. Thinking about it from a Rangers point of view, obviously the, the the Scotland team is absolutely brimming full of Celtic talent at the moment. Is there anyone in that Rangers team that you think, going forward at this next campaign, could maybe add something to the Scotland squad, Mark? It's hard. I think the only player that would have any chance is Ryan Jack. I think Doran's team has been... Uh, I don't think Jason Holt is good enough. Uh, Ross McGraw, he's not there yet. Lee Wallace, uh, maybe? Lee Wallace isn't as good as Andy Robertson or Kieran Tierney. So, no. Uh, They're not going to have three left backs. I mean, the defense, Scotland defence is really poor, so maybe Danny Wilson, if he improves, could get in. But again, he's not done enough yet. So I think the only one that would have any chance is Ryan Jack. And even then, he needs to screw the head a bit with his tackling and his getting in people's faces to have any chance. Gavin, does this speak to a fact that Rangers need a stronger Scottish core? Uh, well, there's no point in just getting a stronger Scottish core f- just for the sake of it. I mean, it, only if they're going to be quality players that will add to the, to the team. So if it's Kenny McLean, yes. If it's Jamie Walker, yes. Um, and they are in those two players who they've obviously been linked with and could well go back for in January. You're talking about two players that you could see being in the Scotland squad. So yeah, I mean, if if you, if you said those two, but but not just for the sake of it. Yeah, I think Celtic have signed up the best of Scottish talent over the last few years with the likes of Armstrong, Guy Stephen, even the likes of Ryan Christie. But uh, so there's not so Celtic have the best of Scottish talent whereas Rangers have maybe been going for the second tier over the last few years so I think that's been the main difference in why so many Celtic boys are in the squad and there's no Rangers for Okay guys in terms of Scotland there's not perhaps a lot of talent there at Rangers in terms of going at the team at the moment um, but just while I've got you on the subject both of you Gordon Strachan there's been obviously a lot of debate in the records we had Keith Jackson and um Gordon Parks uh, arguing in the paper for, for and against Gordon Strachan going forward. Just what is your take quickly on uh, on what the fu- his future should be at the national team, Gavin? Immediately after the game, I thought, no, he's finished. But I mean, I said that a year ago as well. I keep writing him off, and then in the last day or so, the more I've thought about it, I just wonder whether, maybe because we got so close and there was that improvement, I thought, is it going to be detrimental just to rip it all up and start all over again and who are we going to get I would, I would maybe I've changed my mind but I think I'm going to stick with him having gone You've got to out, I think I think yeah the more I've thought about it I'd maybe just stick with him I think he's finished I think that's two campaigns now that he's maybe thrown it away a bit I mean obviously the Euro campaign he really should have got the playoffs and then Ireland picked him at the end uh, and then this one should have got the playoffs again. I mean, should have held on. When you go one 0 up like that, you know you need a one 0 win. You should have held on. I mean, 
Uh, we seen it then with Ireland the next night. They went one 0 up. All they needed was a one 0 win. Eleven men behind the ball, and that was it. I think it's interesting that the thing that we see a lot is that um, the fans, especially on social media, they take real umbrage to how Strachan comes across in press conferences. You see it all the time. People get really, really annoyed with the way he comes across. Gavin, when you're in the actual presser with Gordon, do you get a sense that he's aware of how he's being perceived? Because I think that's a major factor in why so many people have got their knives sharpened for him. Yeah, no, I think you're right, because particularly with his comments on the genetic disadvantage after the game, and when he said, you know, to that alone, you know, the genetic disadvantage, you know, was almost bad enough, but when he talked talk about getting big men and big women together, I mean, that was just a joke, <laughs> just at the wrong time, I mean, just thought, what are you saying here? It's uh, a little dubious. Yeah, I think if he's winning, then his jokes are fine, but... yeah. I remember when he first came, you know, there was all these little videos of him saying, can I have a quick word, velocity, you know, we were all celebrating, oh, brilliant, and now obviously we're all tired of it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think he knows, but I don't think he cares, I mean, that's that's the way he is, isn't it, it just, that's it, it just, it doesn't really care, I think he's well aware of it, I think he's probably, he's been made aware of it, you know, probably by communications officers at the SFA and, and, and maybe clubs that he's worked with previously, but that's just the way he is, and I think that's the way it always will be. Great, that's all from us this week. We'll be back next Wednesday from 4pm. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. Gavin, you're on Twitter. Gavin takes it very seriously, <laughs> yeah. his Twitter game. I'm never on it. He's, uh, just, just search for Gavin uh, Berry and you'll get him there. Yeah. Just direct any of... I think Mark. And I am at Johnny R. McFarlane. Don't forget to subscribe to iTunes or Audio Boom to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.